Bobby podcast. We are so excited to be here today with Gil Romero from Makeup Designery. Um, Gil, tell us what you're doing here. Tell us what you do in the industry. Um, let's talk about what you're doing at Tennessee School of Beauty right now. All right. So um, I am a makeup artist and an educator. I work for a company called Makeup Designery. Um, uh, Tennessee School of Beauty is one of our partner schools. So what our plan essentially here is that um, when we bring on new teachers at a partner school, uh, we have to send out one of our educators to go in and train their faculty so that they become MUD uh, certified faculty members. So that's what I'm doing here. Three of your faculty here will become faculty certified at the end of their training. Awesome. Well, we're so excited to have you here. And obviously, we talk a lot about um, being this like little school in like little Knoxville, Tennessee, but having this connection to makeup designery is really, really cool. So you all share this amazing education um, that students are actually able to get without going to New York, without going to LA, or at least get the base before they go on. Um, one of my favorite students that we've had in the program um, actually went on and continued and took her full program at makeup designery in New York City. Oh, um, and so she's working in New York still this amazing salon and like her whole life has changed just because she had this experience here and got to go on and take that there so I think it's really cool that we have this connection um even though we're just little Knoxville and we've got you know we've got somebody like you coming in to teach the teachers and everyone's really excited about that <laughs> thank you you know we used to be obviously a much smaller school and we still think of ourselves as kind of a, a small school yeah um but you know that's where it starts and you know i love your campus i've been here for uh three days now and it's yeah. been fantastic thank, thank you. you for having me yeah of course we're pumped to have you here so um i want to talk to you about how you got into this obviously makeup um is the part of the beauty industry right now that is exploding um and so you got into it though at a very 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 different time so i want to talk about that and kind of how you got started into this and then I want to talk to you about what it the makeup world looks like now so yeah. how did you get into this so I was really young seven eight years old and um, just kind of exploring all different types of makeups uh, I came across some books inside of libraries that would talk about you know makeup techniques and old um, monsters from old films and things like that that I would kind of recreate and do these things myself and I kind of always thought of this as a hobby. I never really envisioned myself being a um, makeup artist until I became in my early teens. Um, and then at that point, I, um, I started kind of pushing myself out there, doing a lot of Halloween makeups. I would, uh, some stores sold Halloween types of products that I would then reach out to different customers and say, hey, I can do this for you, I can do that for you, and just kind of building clientele there, going to um, small community theaters, churches. Churches, uh, I did a lot of work for uh, churches. Really? Uh, Wait, like doing what? You know, um, one of my one of my uncles is a uh, is a pastor, and uh, when I when I first started doing stuff for him, he would always be like, "Can you make me the devil?" <laughs> and really? I was like, you want to be the devil? Yeah, <laughs> make me the devil. We're doing a, a, a presentation, and I thought it would be really funny, uh, <laughs> and it was it was pretty cool, you know, um, an opportunity to kind of jump in and put prosthetics on somebody and and. Uh, um, a different venue, definitely a different venue and atmosphere for me. I'm like, oh, yeah. church theater too. That's just neat. <laughs> I've never thought about this. I've never heard of anyone else that has done makeup, like as a makeup artist at a church. Like yeah, that's well, new. You start thinking about it, you know, obviously if they're doing anything that um, reflects around 
the birth of Jesus and nativity. Perhaps not everybody there has beards, so right. fake beards and, and uh, little makeup stuff like that. Yeah. And it becomes important. Yeah. You know? Making somebody look a little bit more angelic, all sorts of uh, different things that makeup artists can do. You know, you, you, makeup artistry is not really, really... Um, as unattainable as we sometimes make it feel. It's, yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on locally. We just have to have places to look. Yeah, definitely. So you did that. You're kind of doing your own thing. And then what happened from there? Um, so, you know, as my career started to grow more, um, I did some training. I did some professional training. I did some uh, amateur training, read a lot of books. Um, eventually, I got into doing... Uh, music and kind of more fashion-oriented makeup uh, wasn't really, really my passion at that point, but I was just excited to be doing makeup. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a few years later, uh, I kind of bridged my way into kind of doing more film and TV stuff. Cool. So what was the education requirement at that time? Were there any where you were living? What was what was required of you to um, work as a makeup artist? So uh, you know, as my, my, let's see, start with my aunt uh, was a cosmetologist. And as a teenager, um, my aunt uh, encouraged me to try to get my cosmetology license. She said, you know, uh, in order to be a makeup artist in film and TV, you have to have your cosmetology license. Um, I was a little apprehensive because uh, I, I do not have a passion for hair. <laughs> I may have a fear of hair, actually. Um, and But I did go to a lot of trade shows. She used to take me to a lot of shows, so I got to um, experience, you know, what that side of the industry was like. Um, at a certain point, I decided, like, wait, this is definitely not what I wanted to do. So I had a fear, like, I'm not going to be able to get into film and television. And then I actually started to meet some film and television makeup artists and found out that it wasn't actually required, especially in uh, California, to be a cosmetologist, yes. to work in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. um, uh, although, you know, looking back, I kind of think, like, I wish I would have. I think it would have benefited me mm -hmm. tremendously to have stopped in and had a, a license right from the very beginning. Okay, so let's talk about makeup designery. How did you get introduced to makeup designery? How did this come into your life? Did, were you, I know you've been there for a long time. Um, so how did this all happen? So um, our current director of education, Paul Thompson, um, uh, I reached out to Paul. Is Paul used to teach a small uh, animatronics course, um, basically radio-controlled creatures and puppets and things out of his garage. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, um, I really want to take this animatronics course that you're teaching. Uh, is it is it possible I could do something here with you? And uh, you know he was in between projects, um, but his freelance career he was trying to juggle a bit. And he said, you know, uh, I have these friends that are just opening up a, a makeup school, and they teach a very very similar course. Why don't I hook you up with them and you talk to them? So actually, I was one of uh, Mud's first students. I took part of a course. Uh, which was uh, just the animatronics portion of a course there. So I, I met them that way. That's so cool. So you're one of the first graduates. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't graduate from a full program from them, um, unfortunately, but I, I, I graduated just from, uh, I think I took six weeks of a nine-week course that they taught there. Yeah. And then did you just stay? Like, were you like, no, no I'm here I, now, I, now uh, I'm going to teach. What I, happened I left. I, I went back and started working again. And, um, I, I guess it was probably about eight months later, nine months later, I got a call from them saying, um, we have a very large class coming up and uh, we could use your, your help co-teaching this class with uh, the instructor at that point in time. His name was Carl. And 
I was like, wow, how big is the class? They said, I think the class is going to be eight students. And I was like, wow, that's a huge class. You know, at the time, we were really small. Yeah, I, really when small. we did that interview with Tate, if you haven't listened, um, we did an interview with the owner of MUD. Um, it's on the podcast. You guys can go back and listen. But he was talking to us about um, how small it was starting out, that very first, like, open the doors, we're having a makeup class. Yeah, I think he said it was like seven or something or three maybe. I think and it was the beginning three. was like three. Yeah, yeah, and then going on, and I was like, it's so crazy knowing what makeup designery is now in all of the locations and the thousands of people that have been um, certified um, at this point. I mean, maybe hundreds of thousands. I'm not sure what that yeah. number is, but I know it's it's huge. Um, I think that it's really cool to see like that starting point and watching how this company like has grown to what it is to know that like it didn't just start like this. It didn't just happen that, you know, everyone said we're going to teach makeup and it's going to be so successful because at that time it just wasn't something that everyone was doing. It's not something that as now everyone's watching on their phones all day long they're mm. seeing it they're inundated with it that just wasn't the case at the time so you kind of um got into it you know before it all took off so when do you think that that surge happened do you know a time that you guys really just exploded or did it happen slowly you know um those first few years we grew kind of exponentially um we I want to say within say two or three years we we grew out of the spaces that we were in um we started we Tate's office originally it was half the size of this room here. It was very small. The campus was very small. And over those two or three years, we started to acquire different spaces around the block. And within those three years, for sure, we, we grew to the space of we needed a bigger building. Um, and the growth continued until we opened up uh, the New York campus in 2005. So you know, we were on a steady upward incline until easily about 2009. And yeah. then at that point, I feel like we kind of um, then plateaued, which was fine because, you know, we're getting to a point of where uh, each region, I think, can only support so many makeup artists coming out, out of a school yeah. and, and and maintain quality. And that for us is a big, important aspect of what we do. We have to maintain the quality of what we do in Los Angeles and we have to do it in New York. We have to do it with our partner schools, the yeah, whole thing. So. Absolutely. I mean, worldwide at this point. Um, you were telling me um, a couple of days ago about being in Milan and getting to see those campuses. How, what was that like for you to set up a school in a different country? What was that process like? Yeah, um, you know, I'm not involved so much when the be very beginning part when they're setting up the uh, campuses and the other locations, um, but I do get to go to them when they're quite new. Uh, it, it's a difficult process because, you know, you do rely on somebody else to understand laws and regulations for right. their locale. Um, you do have to do a tremendous amount of research before we even establish the school to make sure that there is uh, enough work there to actually support the community. Mm -hmm. um, we're never trying to just set up classes without being responsible enough to make sure that your students can get employed. Yeah. So, you know, that, that takes a lot of work. Um, it's it's much more different than somebody saying I want to teach this specific class but you have to know that there are job opportunities there yeah definitely um, but it's not a bad idea to be kind of at the forefront of some of it when we're looking at beauty training for instance you know beauty is something you can teach makeup artists to do and they can work truly worldwide mm -hmm. uh, it's when you're developing specialty courses like the effects classes that we have that you have to be I think truly responsible because um, that sort of uh, work isn't necessarily worldwide, although yeah. it's different locations across the world. What's like something that stands out to you as like a really big difference at a location, um, like culturally, whether it's um, maybe you're teaching more of something than something else, like if in Knoxville, is there something you're teaching at your location in Spain that's like a little bit different? Like have you had to adjust 
culturally the education or is it all pretty much the same? Is makeup pretty much the same around the world? Um, it's a good question. You know, um, it's actually something we've taught even before we started to kind of branch out different locations is that, you know, makeup artists have to be adaptable. They have to be flexible. Um, you have to be receptive of different cultures and you're going to experience more and more cultures. Um, uh, Europe, I think, is a bit unique in that uh, it is more of a melting pot of different cultures. Um, so... I, I think that was kind of a unique and different experience for me to go there. Uh, Dubai, when we had our um, our studio inside Dubai, was definitely a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, the the perception there isn't as um, open and receptive to different cultures, although I think they are. They think they think they are, mm -hmm. um, but um, they're not as perhaps they they weren't as perhaps adaptable to some of the. Um, changes that makeup needs to go on. You know, mm -hmm. we're talking about different um, eye looks and how a makeup artist would need to learn how to do everything from um, a natural to something that is perhaps more exaggerated, like a uh, an Arabian style eye. Mm -hmm. A makeup artist should be trained not just to do one or the other. They need to be adaptable enough to do everything in between. Yeah, and I think that's really cool that you all have been able to make that all happen and for it to be the same and be able to certify people just all over the world. I think it's so great for what you guys are doing for the makeup community. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back. If you or someone you know is interested in becoming a salon professional, contact Tennessee School of Beauty, the leader in cosmetology education since 1930. Offering both full and part-time programs in cosmetology, aesthetics, and nails, see why more than 20,000 graduates recommend Tennessee School of Beauty. Visit them at tennesseeschoolofbeauty.edu or call me at 865-588-7878. Hey guys, welcome back. So I wanted to talk to you next about how different the beauty or the makeup industry is um, and how much it's changed. I mean, even over the last five, 10 years, um, it's completely different. We hear a lot about YouTube and people, you know, YouTube tutorials, these influencers. Um, do you actually know what you're doing from learning on YouTube? Um, there's a lot that's covered in a makeup program and with education, something we obviously um, feel is really important is sanitation, those kinds of things that you're not always learning on YouTube. So I know things are really different. So talk to me about how you guys have had to adjust to that. Um, have you guys had to make any changes to kind of adapt to what kind of student is coming in the door? Hmm. So um, I would say just in general, I think social media is a uh, is a great tool. It's, it's very, very useful. Um, and I think uh, us as makeup artists and people who have been in the industry for years before social media, it's important that we you know, embrace it and that we kind of get on board. Um, it's a great opportunity for us to kind of continually showcase our work, which is, you know, generally a lot of makeup artists I know are very, very uh, humble. So it feels a little strange to kind of sit out there and put their work out there regularly mm -hmm. um, from a kind of a bragging standpoint. Uh, but it, it's important for everybody to be able to see quality work. Um, when it comes to stuff like... Um, YouTube and information that's uh, achieved out there, uh, there's, there's still a lot of great information out there. Um, but it, 
it's very difficult for somebody who doesn't have a background in makeup to be able to filter out, I suppose, would be the best way to be able to filter out the misinformation mm -hmm. um, that's out there. So if a student uh, is interested in really learning makeup, um, I, I wouldn't steer them necessarily away from YouTube, but I would say you, you need mentors and you need uh, an opportunity to practice makeup very regularly and have somebody be able to help you kind of critique and self-critique your, your makeup. Um, this is where I think that sometimes schools do a really, really great job. Uh, and YouTube is still a great place to be able to get all types of information out there. Um, and, and I know a couple sources that, um, that I go to regularly just to see what people are doing and pick up different things. Um, you know, uh, different things outside my craft, I definitely try to look at in YouTube, uh, you know, but if you were in the medical industry, you're not gonna go out and seek medical advice from YouTube. Right. And I think we have to be very conscious that in the industry that we're in, we're not just doing makeup on ourselves, we're doing makeup on other people. And there are dangerous, perhaps, practices that people are learning on YouTube um, that they can injure somebody, um, cross-contaminate somebody product, and um, and offer injury and illness to people. And we have to be careful of that. Yeah. And because we, um, we have the potential to injure somebody else, uh, we can't base our education purely on something like YouTube. Right. I mean, it's covered like day one in my, I mean, it's the <laughs> first thing you learn is sanitation. And um, it's funny when we have guest speakers come in sometimes um, that are not um, trained through makeup designery. Yeah. Um, it's funny, our students will, like, I mean, they'll be like, no, 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 don't do that. You didn't sanitize. You didn't, you know, and they're calling it out. And I love like seeing that because I'm like, that's the important thing. That's the thing that you're here for is to know that you're being safe. And that's number one. And so I like that they are picking up on that so fast and that they'll recognize it in other artists so I think that that's something that they have that's really cool that they get to I don't know just kind of share and make sure that they're being safe to their clients also I had a uh, graduate yeah. of ours um, his name is Hugo Villasenor uh, he won a, an Emmy last year for his work on team with uh, Star Trek uh, he told me a story a couple of years ago how he would interview makeup artists and have them essentially line up their stations and do makeups and as he walked through he said without even asking he's like I could identify who were mud students no just way. by the way that they set up their station, organized their product. He said they, they always seemed to be the most organized and, and worked cleanly. Uh, and I thought it was a neat compliment. It was yeah, definitely a neat compliment. Definitely. Because, I mean, that's something that you all, it, you, it matters to you. And so it's not something that you guys have let go through the years. I'm sure that that was something from the beginning um, that you guys taught and, and focused on. And that's, that's, that is a part of you. And having you um, be a part of the school for so long, it is really cool that you get to see that happen even, even yeah. this long after. I mean, with something, again, with a, with a health concern, it's important that we uh, not only look to what is the expectation in the industry, is that we help to push that forward and kind of set a new standard. Yeah. So where do you see the makeup industry going? What Do you see big changes ahead um, for the school, for just the industry in general? What's, what's going to happen next? Um, you know, uh, I thought about that in detail, and I'm, I'm probably unique to other people. I, I see... Um, different things, I see different changes, uh, especially having the opportunity to kind of travel and go some places that are outside of the U.S. When I look at um, makeup artists that are outside of the U.S., 
uh, I see that a lot of them actually have really strong skills in hair and makeup. Uh, that it's an expectation that your makeup artists are also hairstylists and vice versa. Uh, and for us, that is, uh, it is limiting here. Uh, it is not always the expectation. Um, so my perception is, is that I see the industry changing to be more of that kind of platform here. So I think it's going to become more and more important for makeup artists to become licensed uh, cosmetologists or estheticians. Um, because they are going to have to supplement that makeup artistry skill set. I mm -hmm. think that's just the way it's going. Um, also, you know, productions and, and photographers and employers essentially um, don't necessarily want to pay two different people if they don't have to. Right. Um, so it makes a lot more sense for us to become more well-trained, broaden our skill sets. So I see the industry changing where we're going to see a lot more makeup artists and hairstylists that have combined skills um, and maybe productions starting to require uh, licensed professionals. Yeah, and that will affect things um, so much more where you are in Los Angeles than kind of what makeup artists are doing here in Knoxville. Yeah. Um, so I think that like working together and all of that and keeping that, um, I mean, that communication open of what's maybe already happening in an area that, you know, but again, it's going to be a completely different need or change things up, you know, regionally. <laughs> That's going to affect you guys a lot more than Yeah, than I mean, it's will, not going to happen overnight. Right, but yeah. It'll be a progressive change, I Yeah, think. well, I'm all for that, and I think all the education is... Is, is you know obviously we're super supportive of getting um, the most education that you can get and giving yourself the most opportunity I think that that's what we talk to students a lot about is uh, and you just said it I mean if you can charge or if you can work for somebody and they can pay you hair and makeup and you can do more for them it's better than just kind of compartmentalizing yourself into like I only do makeup I only do hair I only do skin I think it's good to be able to do it all so I think that that's important ultimately you become more valuable yeah definitely so who are you looking up to right now who's inspiring you in the industry who are you following um, you know, obviously, uh, my um, expertise is uh, currently now more film and television directed. Uh, and, uh, you know, I encourage a lot of people to be taking a look at the work of the makeup artists who um, win our awards and, and recently just won the awards. And I think um, a standout uh, is a makeup artist named Kazuhiro Tsugi. Uh, and he just won the Academy Award uh, with a with Vivian Baker uh, for his makeup work on um, Bombshell. Kazu's work is tremendous. Uh, you know, he he's, uh, excels at anything that he does, he excels at everything that he does. Uh, and, um, you know, I truly encourage everybody to be taking a look at him as an example. And, and he's also a very, very humble guy. And, and as fantastic as he is, he's also very, very critical uh, of himself. And I think that's kind of a... a important trait in a makeup artist is that no matter how great we are we still kind of evaluate our work and see where we can improve yeah that's probably a big characteristic of makeup artists is the perfectionism like because I think that it's an artistry I think it's very easy to get obsessed with it and I think that that goes back to you saying to have somebody else to kind of critique you and to just kind of keep you in check a little bit to say like no you are doing a good job instead of I'm sure you it can become an obsession um, and I think that a lot of the stuff that you're doing with the special effects and all the you know the makeup that you're doing that's a little more magical or a little more like it's in your head so you're like I've got to put this out here this is what I'm thinking and oh no that's not what I'm thinking like it didn't come out the way that I thought so I'm sure it takes a long time to kind of go back and forth so I bet um, that is probably a common characteristic of makeup artists too so just have that like obsessiveness also yeah, yeah I, I say most makeup artists are um, you know I also hear a lot of makeup artists tell me that you know the second that you stop 
doing that and kind of looking at work and thinking your work is is fantastic is probably about the time you should probably step out of the business because yeah. um, you know you need to be hungry you need to be looking at constantly learning and developing your skills yeah so talking about that I wanted to ask you I know this isn't on like the prep sheet of questions but I want to ask you is just thinking as you were talking what is your like percentage wise how much are you doing makeup artistry now versus school stuff. I mean, you're the educator of the school or the director of the school in Los Angeles. How much do you get to not teaching, not at makeup designery, get to do do makeup artistry? Not a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you said earlier um, when we were off camera, you mentioned something about uh, watching me for a minute and seeing how comfortable I was when I was doing stuff. Uh, and I, I was thinking to myself that you know, you were looking at it from a makeup artistry perspective, um, but I'm looking at it through a different set of eyes now. Is is it all revolves around somebody's passion? And although I feel like I'm a, I'm a pretty good makeup artist and I really really love makeup, um, at some point my passion obviously had to shift for me to be able to start to sacrifice yeah. my art for um, what I do now. So my passion truly is in education now. yeah and and I really really enjoy seeing the impact that teachers can make sometimes it's not just me but there's there's many different amazing teachers uh, that are out there um, and so that definitely pulls me away from my work a lot yeah. uh, you know I'm I'm fortunate enough to have maybe one or two jobs a year to still keep me into it but it's also um, it also harkens me back to a time of where work was coming so much that, you know, I, I, I probably didn't have quite the passion in education at that point in time and sharing my knowledge. Um, but there are guys out there, I was talking to you about um, the makeup artist Dick Smith. Um, you know, he had a point of transition from when he stopped working professionally and really started focusing on education and giving back. And, um, that became a little bit more rewarding, I think. That yeah. definitely became a little bit more re rewarding. Um, and then being a parent, obviously, uh, working in the film and TV business is challenging. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of hours. Um, and sooner or later, you know, sometimes you have to make a decision between am I going to continue working this many hours uh, or am I going to refocus my career and, and allow myself to focus on my children and family? So, yeah. All right. So, what advice do you have for beauty school students or somebody that's thinking about going into the um, coming into the beauty industry? What advice can you give them? So, my advice would be the same as um, students come to our school. Is um, obviously, I always encourage our students to kind of pursue their passion, and if this is truly their passion, then um, no matter what, they should find a way. You know, start small. Uh, when you can go to school, I want you to go to school, finish school, get licensed, do the things that you need to do to to support your goals uh, and then the most important thing I think we can do is practice uh, it's the thing that I see that um, uh, some of our younger students uh, I have to push them a little bit more obviously when they're in school they, they practice a good amount they're practicing for several hours a day um, but I tell my students that you know so are the other 100 150 students they're all practicing the same amount as you so what's going to make you different um, the thing that's going to make you different is how much are you practicing outside of school? How much are you practicing once you've finished school? Don't wait for a client to sit down in your chair for you to practice your craft. Grab a friend, grab a model, grab a parent, grab a sibling, grab somebody, um, and do this all the time. Perfect yeah. your craft and continue to seek continuing education. That's 
really, really important. It's always what's going to set you apart. And you're going to meet people of like mind and other peers, and then they're going to help to escalate your career and um, uh, your skill level as a makeup artist and hairstylist. Yeah. Well, I love that. It's such great advice. And thank you so much for being here today. I know that we can follow you um, at Makeup Designery. Do you have a personal um, Instagram that you share, that like any of the work that you're doing? Yeah, I do. Usually uh, at Mud Romero is what I use. Okay. Uh, and uh, yes, you'll see my cooking and my car and, and, and other makeup stuff that I'm doing in between. It really is kind of a glimpse at, uh, at my life. Love. Well, we'll definitely be sure to follow you and make sure you're following us at Beauty School Bobby. Um, you can watch all the videos and listen to all the podcasts at beautyschoolbobby.com um, and listen to wherever you're listening to podcasts and catch us on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing and liking and we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.